Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks and my lead into Father's Day. Like Big Al, does your dad love to grill? Note my dad's temperature gut check is world class. If yours is too, what better way to kick off grilling season than by gifting an Omaha Steaks Father's Day package to dad? Listen, I shop Omaha Steaks for a host of reasons. One, it's convenient, there's variety, it's of quality, and it's customizable. Yes, they give you the option to select cuts for your grilling needs. And right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited time offer to my listeners for Father's Day. At almost 80% off, this is a really amazing deal. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Rabel in the search bar, and you can get this Omaha Steaks Father's Day package that includes, ready to get out your notepad, two tender filet mignons, two beefy top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha Steak burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, one pound of steakhouse fries, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steak seasoning packet, plus get four... Grill-ready Omaha Steaks burgers free with purchase. That's a lot. Again, this limited-time package for only $49.99 when you go to omahasteaks.com, type Rabel in the search bar, and add Father's Day package to your cart. One more time. omahasteaks.com, type Rabel in the search bar, grab your dad, and fire up the grill. The year before, I was at Leicester yet, and the year before... They were just barely surviving relegation. Yeah. So they were, they showed a, a two tables at some point mid-season where you can see, okay, at this point of the year, Leicester was all the way down, and this, the next year it's in like a yeah sixty-point gap, and they're all the way up, which is insane. Within one year, you know, barely survive relegation. The next year you should win the championship. How the fuchs can this happen? The World Cup begins this week. Who's your favorite to win it all? And with the biggest event on the planet kicking off, I decided to host the captain of Austria, also a starting defender for Leicester City. And if you're not familiar with them, well, most of the world is. But if you're not, this is the English Premier League soccer team that shocked the world and won the league championship last year, beginning that season a 5,000-1 underdog. They proved everyone wrong, and it was an incredible feat. Christian Fuchs joins me in studio to discuss the prospect of being the last place team in a league one year to literally the next year winning the championship. And what was fascinating to me was how open he was about their experiences, their expectations, how the coach almost gamified the process, and tips we can all use for our teams in current and subsequent years. Fuchs is also an entrepreneur, so we talk about his event business, his fashion company. He just invested in an esports team, and his yes, he has a YouTube channel. Suiting Up is a show that explores the psychology, playbook of tools, and strategies of the most influential people in sports, entrepreneurship, and entertainment. Enjoy my interview with world-class soccer, no, footballer, Christian Fuchs. Christian, thanks for joining me in New York, man. Thanks for having me, Paul. Where did you and your family live? Here, uh, We are living in Harlem, 132nd Street. We moved there two years ago we, before we went the Upper East and Upper West, and uh, we finally found yeah, a little, little small, big place in Harlem. Yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, and your off season, which is right now, is, is always very short in uh, the in, f- in football. Uh, if, oh, thanks for calling it football. Yeah, we I had a little bit that. of a conflict before we started recording. Yeah, he started to say, say soccer. soccer. What the? <laughs> 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 no, but um, yeah, I'm always here because of the World Cup. I can be be here a little bit longer, seven weeks this time. Not like the American sports that yeah. have a couple of months off. We are not as fortunate, but usually it's like five weeks at the max. Yeah. Do you think? 
playing so often in football uh, prevents longevity for athletes, or is it because you often are so well taken care of by additional staff that? Well, I think that's the point. You know, the medicine, the the staff that's working for us, it's getting more and more people. Sometimes we're traveling with more staff than players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But I think because it's developing so well that players can simply d play their sport for a much longer time, much, much longer time. I mean, I'm young, 32. You're the old 32. Yeah. You're an 85, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you got the 86. But, I but, used to think 85 was cool. Now it's really killing <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, it's true. But uh, honestly, I feel like 25. I really feel good. I, th I think I can play another year. That's how I feel at the moment, at least. Yeah. So they give you a good feeling and they make it fit. I asked you about training well, right before we sat down and you said you just prefer to go for long runs in the city. Yeah. Uh, probably relaxing and allowing your body to recover during the off season leading into next season. Are there any like daily tips or things that you do that are mandates for we, you with, with regard to health? Well, we, we have a training schedule, which usually started the second week of my holidays where I'm like, Listen, I just feel my bones getting in, in the right position again. Give me a couple of more days off. Yeah. Um, but I will I will start I have now I'm in my third week now being on holidays overall seven weeks. So starting next week I'm starting to do my runs, which is like you know, you have interval runs, you yeah. start with basic running, uh some workouts, but other than that, you know, as a professional you always take care of your nutrition. Yeah. As I can tell, you also doing that. Well, so. yeah, I'm drinking some mineral water right now. Amazing, I love it. Of, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good for your bones. Uh, but Have you always hydrated well? And is that something that you focus on? Yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's I, I mean almost, especially around games or yeah. trainings, you, you're drinking like crazy, yeah. And what about nutrition? Do you have a chef? You, we, we have a chef at the training ground. Yeah. There's also traveling with us to every away game. Um, that's also We have a chef in the stadium just before a game. So we... Yeah. Usually, you know, when we arrive for a home game, we're arriving like four hours before the game. Four. And we go straight into a meal, uh, which is prepared for us, especially yeah. with, you know, but, but, but it's a good mix, like like a lot of carbs, yeah, proteins. Yeah. Just, I, I like to eat eggs four hours before a game, yeah. some chicken, some... Some, some lighter protein. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they make you feel good, yeah. Yeah, and what about like film study before that game? And then those four hours after you well, guys eat, what do you do? Well, we <laughs> relaxing. Yeah, I'm, I'm laying on the couch. Yeah, some are, some are playing FIFA. Yeah, hey, FIFA is big. FIFA's uh, huge. Oh, FIFA got is. me into the sport after I, well, I I played growing up and stopped when I was 13 to focus on basketball and lacrosse, and and then I should say FIFA helped educate me on global football and understanding the nuances from country to country. And tactics. The, yeah, tactics. Tactics, yeah. Champions yeah. League versus UEFA Cup, World Cup, like all the scheduling overlap, tournaments versus league schedule and the point system. It, you know, it's you dynamic. Might, <laughs> it's different. It's different to US sports. Yeah. But you might not believe that, well, I was, I was much younger than I am right now. So it was like 20 years ago. No, let's call it 10 years ago. Yeah. I had a coach that said, Listen, it's good that you guys are playing FIFA, so I don't have to tell you the tactics. Yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah, how can a coach say that? Yeah, I managed yeah. to say that. Uh, he was assuming that because we're playing FIFA, we understand tactics much better. Yeah, and I would, uh, without going too deep in, into video games, is a little bit out of my uh, realm. <laughs> but I, I was a hardcore FIFA player for a while, and in the earlier stages, I would say 
you know, 10 years ago, per his notes, I would disagree because you just go down the flanks and you cross it and someone heads it looking in the exactly. other direction. Goes in that. Exactly. Now the games are so sophisticated, you can send your off-ball players on diagonal runs. It's amazing, yeah. It's amazing. So it's it amazing. is It is a lot like what I see on television. Oh, yeah. And it, and when you make the level of the opponent beginner or the level of the computer beginner, then you have no no challenge at all. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't see this being a good tactics. Yeah, yeah. Tactics, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Education. Yeah, okay. So, so, so back to the show. Typically with our guests, I go from origin story to how they got to where they are so it's like yeah. a lead up to success and humanizing elements and we all experience the same type of work ethic and trials and tribulations but uh given how you know, unbelievable of a season you all had with lester two years ago, two years ago yeah um, I, I know you, you, you took on a lot of press i mean it was it was a, a feat in sports that's never been seen before uh, 111 seasons, so it's a, a, a storied program, but spent for more than half of it in lower divisions. But you guys were 5,000 to one odds to win. Yeah, 5,000, not 500 like the LA Knights, right? LA Knights <laughs> were 500, but yeah. the Cleveland Browns are 200 to one on a year-to-year basis. Like 5,000 to one is unfathomable. I mean, the, I mean those odds, five, 500 to one, 200 to one is still crazy. You're, you know? you're basically saying it's not yeah, going to happen. It's not going to happen, but... 5,000 to 1 is like finding Elvis alive. Yeah. So when we defeated that, it, we totally. made him. Is he alive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was at the championship party. You know? <laughs> he can drink, man. Oh, wow. So oh, so, wow. so another comparison is, is in the NCAA basketball tournament every year, the number 16 seed has never beaten the one seed, and they sit at 5,001. So it's, it's basically like it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No. It doesn't happen, and it did. So why well, I wanted to ask this question again, you, you've answered it a bunch before, but I've found that given a year and another season – you often reflect on, okay, well, we didn't win it this past season. You can maybe connect dots on things that were different. So just bluntly, how I w- did I w- it happen? I would oh, bluntly how it happened uh, because we were we carried a momentum throughout the whole season. We had a great rela- relation between the players. It was like those those leftovers, which was myself as well, coming from Germany, from Schalke, all those leftover players from other teams that came together and kind of wanted to show those teams that booted them out that they made a mistake and it felt good yeah. it felt really, yeah it was it was it was a good listen i didn't play the first eight games yeah but the togetherness of the team the spirit that we had within the changing room was outstanding and it, it never changed to be honest it's still the same yeah but I, I believe we all knew that. So first of all, we never expected that we're gonna win it, even though we were eight points ahead or whatever it was. I always saw Tottenham out. as a favorite, you know. But when we made it, I, I think after also everybody knew if if we make it, everybody knows. Okay, it might not happen again. We might never be in this same situation again. So yeah, we really gave it a go all the all season long. We. As boring as it sounds, we thought from game to game, we didn't want to be affected by what could be if we do this and that. But we had some nice bets going on. So, yeah, it's two years ago, so I can talk about it already. So, <laughs> uh, so we had four games leading up to an international break, right? Or between two international breaks. And, and Claudio Ranieri, he said, listen, guys, if we win two games, right? 
you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Yep. If you win three games, you get four days off. So not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Yeah. And then we said, listen, Gaffer, <laughs> if you win all games, we want to have the whole week off. Yeah. I was one week in New York. Yeah. <laughs> we won all four games. Yeah. Because th there were teams like Manchester City, for example, within those four games, and we beat them all. You know who, who does that is Steve Kerr for the Golden State Warriors. He, he, he gamifies it and, and allows the players to have fun amidst all the pressure of a season, whereas most coaches, they actually tense up when you win consecutively and say, how can we replicate this? Or they lean into, like, this is going to end, so let's, let's no, dig I, down. I, I, I think that's, that's a strength of a manager. It's man management. Yeah. And if you make it enjoyable, and if you're willing to give to your players... The, you know how it is yourself. When yeah. you, I mean, you played lacrosse. You know, if you have a manager that is happy to give to you, like you ask him for a day off, say, and yeah. he says yes, you know, okay, listen, that's amazing. I want to give back to you. I want to show you that I want that I'll be there for you. You know. Yeah. And that happened with Ranieri as well, all the time. And, yeah. And and if you can include it like in bets like that, and it's more fun. It's uh, more it fun. was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. Simply the best season of my life. Here's a fact. 95% of all survival situations are resolved in 72 hours. But it's what you do in those first 72 hours that can mean the difference between life and death. Uncharted Supply Co. was created by survival experts, and they made the 72 survival system, which contains quality tools and instructions you need to survive in a hurricane, earthquake, or any other emergency situation. All the tools are housed in a roll-up top backpack that's so airtight it can even be used as a floating device. I have my Uncharted Supply 72 stored away in my home and in my car, both ready to go. It's better to be safe and protected, that feeling of security and preparation, just how I prepare when I play on the field. Times are changing, and the 72 is the product every home, office, and car in America should have. And right now, my listeners can get $50 off at unchartedsupplyco.com when you use code RABEL at checkout. That's $50 off your survival system. Use code RABEL at unchartedsupplyco.com. A, a couple of things. So you played on, as you mentioned, you were in Germany uh, preceding that year and you're getting your three-year deal with Leicester uh, and you were at FC Schalke and you had played in three consecutive Champions League rounds yeah. uh, because they're one of the more talented yeah, clubs in, exactly. in Germany. So I suspect on, on those clubs you had... Good chemistry in the locker room? Maybe not. It depends. Uh, it, it was not as good as in Leicester. It wasn't as it good. It was not as good. No. So, so that's point one. I want to I want to dig in there. Not not to go to why it wasn't, but just more generally. I, I hear often, at least in lacrosse, that like, you know, best team chemistry is best position to win a championship. And everyone though thinks we're we're certainly biased to our locker room, but we all think that we have a tighter bond as a group than the next team. And like. Who's out there actually comparing that? It, it's I a think tough you, one it's to tough to compare. It's you tough. have to be inside every. You have to be a fly inside of every changing room to to really compare that. And, and do you think that a lot of it has to do with you know fewer mega talents on the team that are getting paid these major bucks and are in the tabloids and there's fewer egos or or not, that doesn't have anything not, to do with not it? at all. I mean, we have. Big salaries in the Premier League, and yep. I also believe we have big salaries at Leicester, and we have smaller salaries. But it's about the respect to each other. Yeah, that that's for me the main thing. So 
and, and then the other point that I was curious on is is uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, I've always said at least or felt, and it sounds like y- you guys had had a different approach, but if you're first or last ranked leading into the leading, leading into the championships, you're still going to go in there thinking my goal is to win a championship. But when you're five thousand to one odds, it sounded like you guys were were just really self aware of like, hey, we're probably not going to win a championship, or or was that different? Because the, the athlete in us is always like, I don't give a shit about what the odds are saying. I'm playing and I'm suiting up my boots. To- see, see, the year before I was not Leicester yet, and the year before they were just barely surviving relegation. Yeah. So they would they showed the two tables at some point mid season, where you can see okay at this point of the year. Leicester was all the way down, and the next year it's in like a yeah a sixty point gap, and they're all the way up, which is insane. Within one year, you know, barely survive relegation. The next year you should win the championship. How the fuchs can this happen? Yeah, this it's, it's impossible, especially in the Premier League, where like the top five clubs, you know, plus or minus maybe one, are, are always at the top, and there's just like the same vicious usually, cycle. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. so to make that swing w- was pretty incredible. You, you mentioned momentum too. So one of the biggest challenges in all sports is carrying that momentum from start to finish. So there's oh, the ups and downs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So presuming that, that you guys had some of those, uh, how do you get the team back on track? And, and, you're, and you're one of the leaders of the club. You're a captain of your country. So you have experience there and, and probably a voice uh, that's heard I think it was not so hard to do it within that season because everything felt easy. You know, when you go out on the field and you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to win that game, definitely, 100%. But what we were aware of, and I think that's it came down to the way that we played our, our football, is that we, we were called the anti-Barcelona. Yeah. So Barcelona is built up on possession. Mm-hmm. And we were built up on non-possession. We were yeah. just defending. Just we were just working our asses off to not concede a goal. But then on the other hand, we knew if we do that, oh, we can score in any game against anybody. Yeah. So we knew that we have to put in a big shift in in every single game in order to be successful. And, you know, I think it's also down to having the same goal and working for the same goal. Hmm. So we knew, okay, we just want to... This, this can be the season of our life if we just give it... A, give it our all, Every, everybody has to just work their asses off, give it 100%, and and then the manager also played a big part with what we were talking about before. Yeah, and, and just want to underscore that one of the most difficult jobs in sports is being a boss or a manager oh. because it's so volatile you can lose your job if the team doesn't perform, and even yeah. if it does perform, but not to it's expectation. C- can still, I mean, Zidane, you know, he yeah. just resigned. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. After winning the Champions League the third consecutive time. It's, it's, it's he's nuts. on top there. He's all the way on top. So, so the point being is, like, to take a, a risk to have a disruptive strategy where you're just going to be the antithesis of Barcelona when, when they've been so hot over the past decade that every... A group of supporters for any club wants to have possession mm-hmm. and, and play as skillfully and tactfully as them. So you have a boss that uh, has a different management style, is also encouraging the team to take on this you know, kind of defensive, more risky approach. Everyone gets buy-in. I mean, he was Italian, and no Italians, they like to they like they love tactics. Defense. Oh, they love defense. Love defense. <laughs> yeah. And you guys led the prime with 15 clean sheets. So, so, yeah, exactly. So he was always like, 
protect the castle, protect the castle. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we protected the castle. Yeah. So, we, yeah. so you also led um, uh, the prem in, in tackles and interceptions. Do you think that was a buildup of skill or understanding over time, part of the the team setup? And and like, what was it for you? You mentioned not playing early on. Then the team took a loss to Arsenal. You get the call. Uh, you get the call into the starting position, and, and it doesn't change. Because I'm simply the best in what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, my my ambitions were to play right away. I mean, I'm coming from a from a team that's regularly playing in the Champions League, where I played three consecutive seasons: Champions League, UEFA Cup, European League, what it's yep. called now. So I just knew, you know, being patient and waiting for my chance. I knew that I, when I get this chance, I will. You cannot bypass me anymore. And I kind of liked the style that we played. Yeah, because it was so not what everybody else. Everybody hated to play against us because they knew if they play us, first of all, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to break us down, so they're gonna be frustrated. And on the other side, if they just sleep for one second, we're gonna gonna we're gonna beat them. We're gonna counter them with Mares, with Albrighton, with Vardy. You named them with Jeffrey Schlup, who was back then with us, who was like a rocket. Oh my God, this guy is fast and. It worked out really well. Nobody was prepared for that. Yeah, when, when you said it was going to hurt, you guys uh, are physical bunch. You guys also yeah, talk a lot know, of shit. You know, like, our, how does that work? Our, our center backs with Robert Huth and yeah. Wes Mung. I mean, did you have a look at them? Yeah. yeah. They're a little bit bigger than you, man. Yeah, yeah. And you are t- you're a big lot. You're big. You're really big. <laughs> but they are physical. And they were they were just be back there in, in, in the center. And whatever came, you know, they just kicked the kick the ball the head whatever it was is there a way to be extra physical relative to the other clubs in the prem while also evading yellow cards and red card instances well you know the massaging the the referees you understand what's going on of course you (laughs) of course you know how the business works works. but (laughs) i think that's that's the good thing about the premier league or what makes it more interesting for everybody to watch that not every foul is stopped so there have been even this this season, uh, I was sitting on the bench. I was watching my teammates playing, and there was one game. I think it was Burnley at home or something like that. There were literally uh, five situations where both players came to the ball same time, and with every kick, with with every action, the stadium got louder and louder. And of course, some players yep. lay, uh, were laying down because they got kicked and injured. But everybody, all of the players were just going for the ball. Yeah. So the referee had nothing else to do than say, "Play on, play on." Okay, yeah. that's not a foul because you're both going for the ball. Okay, he kicked you, but it's not a foul. Yeah. And the the the, 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 the atmosphere was crazy, yeah. and I think that's just this this extra fuel in the Premier League that that's makes the league stand out from all the other leagues in Europe. Yeah, and that's uh, Leicester's DNA, and so probably why, oh, to, yeah. to your point, why a lot of those forwards hate playing you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about toward the end when you'd said even up eight points or, or plus or minus that, that you guys still felt like, ah, we're going to get caught. When you, when you get to that place at, at the very end of the season, um, and you guys did clear the gap pretty well, finishing with 81 points. It was fine. Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah, the, the, were you guys doing anything um, from a tactics standpoint 
behind closed doors no, no, from no. sports they psychology did, or change, no, humor? No. Like, how did you get through those really... Every athlete they, feels it when it's they, really tense. The humor was there all season long. The thing is, we never put any pressure on ourselves. We yeah. always said, the others, are, the others are favorites. We want to play a great season. We take it step by step. Okay, we now... Are definitely qualified for European League. Okay, yep. what's the next step? Let's try to qualify for the Champions League. Okay, what's the next step? All right, the next step is is winning the, the the Premier League, of course. Yeah. But from my personal perspective, I I never like I told you, I never thought that we're gonna make it. Even though it was like four games before the end of the season, we were six seven points ahead, because there was still a chance for Tottenham to reach us. Yeah. So the the only time when I really thought, okay, we're gonna make it, was when. Uh, Hassar scored this beautiful goal, yeah. the equalizer, and it was 10 minutes ago and everybody was on their toes. You probably saw the video of the celebration yeah. and and then, yeah, we, we were. But in those 10 minutes or the whole see, the, the whole game, Tottenham against Chelsea or Chelsea Tottenham, were the toughest 90 minutes I never played hmm. because I was just going up, down. I never found a comfortable position. I was freaking nervous. I... I just wanted Chelsea to win or, or draw them, and uh, they made it happen. And after that, you know, you know how it is to when you win something. Big. Yeah, it's uh, it was fun. <laughs> Away travel is a team of thinkers, seekers, and designers with a focus on a movement. They were all in a time of transition, exploration, and surprise. So they created the perfect luggage, where each piece is inspired by true travel stories for me and you. Away uses high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to the other brands by cutting out the middlemen and selling direct to you. You can choose from a variety of colors and four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large. All suitcases are made with premium polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and resistance, and they're very lightweight. Everything is TSA-approved with a built-in lock to prevent theft. My favorite, both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away Travel carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. So if you catch me this summer in between MLL games, traveling to a Rabel Tour event, or running media and marketing promotions with B-Rob, you'll catch me with my Away luggage. And to get yours, in fact, we're adding $20 off your Away suitcase Go to awaytravel.com forward slash Rabel and use promo code Rabel during checkout. That's $20 off a suitcase at awaytravel.com forward slash Rabel, promo code Rabel during checkout. So you mentioned Eden Hazard. I've, he's, uh, he's quite the talent. Who are, do you think, some of the toughest covers in the Prem? Well, their names. Like Lukaku, who's he's just very different to Hassar, but he's huge. He's huge. He, he's a he's a force. Uh, uh, definitely Hassard. Definitely a couple of players of the Chelsea squad. Yeah, like you know, you have all those big teams where they are big names, and it's always tough to play against them. They they are simply good teams, and they have really good managers that know what to do with them. I think Leroy Sané, who's a friend of mine, who. Won the Premier League with Man City this year. Yeah, he's an outstanding talent. Unfortunately, he was not called up for the national team for the German national team this year. But I think you give him another two or three years, he will be all the way up there and all the way in the regions like Messi, Ronaldo. Yeah, hundred percent. When you think about someone as different as Lukaku versus Hazard, are are you uh, watching a lot of tape leading into? 
the match. And, and I know there's there's a lot of rotations and such that take place on defensive end, so you're not just like sitting there and and yeah. covering that person every shift. But uh, yeah, how do you prepare for an opponent, whether he's quick yeah. or big and strong? We have our meetings where the the manager shows us the strength, the weaknesses of the opponent, yeah. set pieces, which yeah. are a very important part in the English Premier League and in football overall. And then we always have our iPads where every single player of the opponent, where you see all the actions in the last from the last ten games, they're they're like in a ten minute video, one after the other, boom, 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 and that gives you kind of a picture of how the team plays, but also how the, each each individual player of the of the team is performing. Yeah. So zooming out and, and thinking about what we had talked about educationally with with FIFA and uh, for for most of our audience that's used to consuming uh, U.S. sports, what we what we were mentioning is just so different in the way that the table's structured. It's not yeah. you know comparing wins and losses to a playoff traditionally outside of the you know the the, the subsequent tournaments like the Champions League and and the uh, UEFA Cup. Um, what makes the European style of of uh, of sport and seasonality better than what we're used to seeing in the U.S. I think that's hard to compare. Yeah. I, th- I think like not being in every changing room. I think it's also hard to compare that. Yeah. Or not fair to compare it because I like American sports. I'm watching the playoffs nonstop. Yeah, the NBA finals right playoffs now. Playoffs are unbelievable. I'm, yeah, well, I hope the Cavs can come back. Yeah, I mean, Cavs in seven. <laughs> <laughs> Four more games to go, guys. Four more games to go. So. It's charming. I like it. You know, yeah. uh, I, I like feel like Draymond Green would be a, a, a good like defensive player <laughs> oh, for Leicester. Impressive. Like oh he's the God. type. Of, he's the type of mean yeah, Leicester yeah, yeah, defender. Yeah. He's that's this one make it hurt. mean bullier in there yeah. that that keeps the te- team going. But yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, still, I want the Cavs to win. Okay, so yeah, get rid of it. <laughs> um, I, I just think that I can only compare soccer or, or football yeah. from here to to European football. Where I, I still think this the setup is is much more advanced. Obviously, in mm-hmm. Europe, um, the MLS is also not that old yet, so yeah, it's it's hard to compare. I think I think, I think U.S. soccer is progressing a lot, and I think in five years from now, if we if we're here again on the table or maybe on another one or yeah. whatever, then we will have a different conversation because it's it's simply evolving, and you see so many more stars coming over. Uh, they're they're. They are changed in the system of MLS. Uh, you have the designated players, which were introduced with David Beckham. I think now you have a middle layer. Yeah, and it's it's getting into the right direction. I th- I just think you have to open up the salary cap in order for the MLS to become a big league. Yeah, so just the you, wage you, differentiation. Yeah, is so you big. you want to attract stars from overseas. You you want to have the. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's good, you know, because the MLS is relying on their own. On their own players, youth players, and American players, which is great. But you gotta, you, you gotta get the top talent to be need, the best. Yes, where do they learn it from, other than from those top top talents in Europe? Well, the MLS, well, they won't say this, but the, the networks will say it that they're still the fourth largest uh, soccer uh, sport or soccer league in in the U.S. Because on television, people are still consuming. The Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, and even Italian Series A before uh, MLS, and and, and that those leagues aren't even playing in the U.S. So, 
Uh, um, people like to watch top talent, and there's top exactly. talent in MLS. Exactly. But let, let me let me ask. Then the follow up would be, and and these are all businesses. I, I play the business of lacrosse. You do the business of football. So if they lift a salary cap, is, is that enough to get top talent over, or is a I lot would, of the top talent still so, care yeah. a lot about it, legacy? Well, legacy I'll, being legacy leagues, well, right? Incumbents. Uh, well, I mean, I mean for for football, this is a chop. And obviously, you wanna you wanna build your legacy in a big big league. So even if you open it up, it might take some time for the top top talents to come over here. But the more attractive the league gets, the more exposure you get with the league. I mean, of course, talent is coming over. Yeah. The USA are a very attractive country. Everybody yeah. is dreaming of it. I mean, you see, Slatan's kicking ass. I mean, <laughs> you see, suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> You see, suddenly Ibrahimovic playing around with a tiger, you know, with yeah, a lion or whatever right, it is. So, right. told pe- LA, you're welcome. Just, people, when you got exactly. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm here. I'm here now. You're welcome. Yeah. So, yeah. That, but Rooney in DC. Exactly. So, players love to come over here. I can tell you that, and players enjoy the when whenever the ICC is over here or when they make a US tour, players enjoy it here, and of course they want to come. Maybe it's not the top top talent right away. Yeah. But give it some time uh, down the road, they will come over here 100%. The, the Patriots uh, in the NFL are famous for getting top talent to take a pay cut to come to their team. And it's more around culture uh, for what they're building, but also per their budget of having Tom Brady and a few of the other superstars that have to keep their cap in a, in a certain range. Uh, does that exist, say... Would, would a player ever take a pay cut? Just say if, if Real Madrid or Barca were interested, would they take a pay cut to go play for one of those clubs? You, you can assume that when you are getting a deal at Real Madrid that your deal will be better than when you play for Leicester. Yeah, because they have so much money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not even a scenario. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the, the road. If, if, if a player from Real Madrid wants to join Leicester... He takes a pay cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is Real Madrid, or are they going to lose Ronaldo? I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. Haven't heard any rumblings? No. Yeah. I don't, I don't care too much. Yeah. 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 So let's, let's talk. I love that defensive mentality, you know? It doesn't affect me, to be honest. So yeah. Who cares? Yeah. When you, uh, when you started playing football, you were six. Yeah. Your dad was a, a goaltender. Exactly. Yeah. How do you know that? Well, we do research, man. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you play goalie? I wanted to. You, you, I wanted you to play well into your forties. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna be kicking the NFL. No, but uh, <laughs> for I'm, the Giants, exactly. New York is blue, as you researched. <laughs> exactly. No, but I I wanted to be goalie, but eventually, I mean, I'm very happy that I made out on the field, being yeah. a field player, because as a keeper, I mean, you've got to be sick in your head for all this. Shots when you come to us, you yeah, fuck. It's because it's so stressful, right? No chance, no chance. I'm, I'm not or is it putting my body on the yeah. line. Oh, come on, it, it's so, crazy. So what's up with the wall? I've always wondered that, right? And I know there's gamification and and uh, and guys going down if they get kicked. You're standing up and showing your. Yeah, they'll 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 card you for a handball. Exactly, it's so stupid. No. It, it's but it's one of the mo- it's one of the toughest things that 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 goes I'm never unspoken in the for. I'm a, I'm a man marker. In, in, <laughs> I'm never in the wall in football. But isn't that nuts? It's these horrible. guys stand in front of these free kicks that are being absolutely pelted. 
by these guys that are taking it right off the head. I mean, just and they ima- don't go down during that. I mean, just imagine on Ibrahimovic taking a free. Oh my gosh! And he has a he has a and good he hits shot. it direct he versus bending it. Shot. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You you, you, you can't can be say scared. You're nuts you can't be scared for yeah, doing yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, there's more concussions in soccer than there is in American football, and I'll use soccer in that reference there <laughs> because because the ball is actually a lot harder than yeah. than I suppose what we play with recreationally because what's the what's the sense in me going out and playing football and having this really hard? Yeah, but you need a you need a hard ball to play football. Otherwise, it it's it's yeah. not it's boring. Yeah. So so six feels late to me for starting when it's in your blood. Or well, is that my, just... my parents told me that I started kicking a ball when I was eight months old. Eight months but, old, but six, yeah, six is a. Well, my son is going to a to a soccer program over here in New York, and what are they doing? They're doing some some games, some playing, but it's not really football. Yeah, it's it's just doing movements, coordination. When did you play your full game playing? But when did you play your first full field ninety minute match? Is that regulated in Austria like it is in Spain? Yeah, yeah, but I think I was it was by the age of thirteen or so. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem in a lot of uh, I would just say lacrosse at least is we have these six by six nets and these kids who are six and eight year old that are standing in with a big goalie stick, they can't stop a ball, <laughs> no. and they can barely fill up the lower corner of the net. Yeah, and then you have six and eight year olds going a hundred yards. So up no and smaller down the goals or anything. No, no not 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 that is yet to be kind of governed and regulated at the youth level. Our national governing body is trying to adopt the the Spanish soccer model of flipping the fields into quarters. Exactly. Because you get more touches. Exactly. That's that's how it's regulated. And you don't have the wind to go up and down the field maybe once or twice if you're you're that young. (laughs) It's a long field. It's a big field. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Same size as soccer. Football. Really? Yeah. We go up. Wow. Yeah. Which That's is huge. which? Which it it is big. So we should uh, we should actually, and I know they're talking about the Olympics right now at that at that level. Is we're we're about to hopefully get recognition from the IOC. We completed our bid okay. in 2016, but they're like we need the the game to the, the field game to be a smaller. bit smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's more action big, right away. And it's, totally. Yeah. Bingo. So so for you, did did you ever play any other sports? I played some tennis here and there, but yeah. not really. That had too much time to play other sports, especially now. I'm I'm playing tennis for recreation, but yeah. for me it was all about football. I had nothing else on my mind. And that's and that's the culture. It's different in in 100%. in the states where there's a lot of attention on playing multiple sports versus being singularly focused. My kids playing ten other sports. Ten other oh, sports, that's crazy. Yeah. Would, or, or have ten other activities. Would Would you have done that if if you had no. gotten the chance? No, because because I also grew up in a little little different setup. I was over the countryside it was all about football with my with my neighbors myself on a, just on on the slope or whatever you know here you have to, you don't have the space you don't have the areas to play to go out freely and just say okay let's have a kick about let's go around the corner let's go to this park yeah it doesn't happen here when did you get like, really serious about the game and now playing at the highest level for country and for club you know how much it takes like there's always that moment from like thinking we're working hard to then all of a sudden like this is real work ethic it, it was still developing even if i was professional already i still developed the, the hunger or i was still learning certain things so when it was like 12 13 then it was like well, maybe that could be something but far away from being professional i mean you can sign your first deal when you're 15 years old yeah so i signed my first deal when i was 17 mm-hmm 
Then I was at the national team first time when I was 19. Yeah. And we played against Croatia. So within those two years, I was already learning a lot by, by the, the older guys that were in my team. Yeah. Uh, more experienced guys, all international players that played in England and uh, Spain, uh, Germany, whatsoever. And it was always my goal. But something was still missing. And I played my first first game for the Austrian national team against Croatia, eight minutes. I think I touched the ball once, yeah. which was amazing. One contact, wow. <laughs> but but to, to look up to all those players, like Nico Kovac, who is now Bayern Munich head coach, yeah. or Petric, or whoever was playing there, and just seeing how much more physical they are. Hmm. So the game was over. I went straight to the gym to work out. Yeah. Because I, I was like, okay, I want to be where they are. So I need to do this workout right away. I need to start working on myself right away. So it was always a progress, always a progress. So you didn't have the, like a bunch of coaches hammering down at you as a young teenager to be I, like, you need to be in the gym here, you need to be doing this. You but, figured well, it out on your own? Well, I, I had this one person that guided me throughout my, starting when I was 11, 12, throughout my whole career, I'm still working with him on my programs that I have. Um, wow. And after that game, I asked the, the president from the club that I played for in Austria, listen, I want him to work for, Le for Mattersburg, which was the club yeah. club, but for me only. And he said, that's fine, let's do it. They hired him and he was there for me only every day, at least another half an hour, 45 minutes additional to team training and it really paid off. Yeah, the consistency is huge in development. Would you Would you consider yourself relative to some other star footballers now uh, that, that you play with, uh, a later bloomer? No. 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 Early bloomer. Early bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking about our conversation around I Ibrahimovic. I mean, I'm still blooming. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I was thinking about our conversation about Ibrahimovic, and I, I watched his uh, Becoming Zlatan on, on Netflix, and that guy like bumped around country to country at a young age. And from what I've gathered, at least through some of my peers that play football, is like that that's pretty common for top talent or just talent that's going up to professional ranks. You say you start at, you can start at as early as 15. You stayed in Austria until you were 17 uh, or maybe I, longer. 21. Until, 21 until you yeah. went over to FC Schalke. Uh, no, not right away. I went to Bochum for two years. Okay, which was where? Germany. Germany. Then one year in Mainz which was a similar season like we had with Leicester, but we didn't yeah. end up winning, but we were very successful, smaller team, very yeah, successful. Shitty research right there. Yeah, horrible. I thought yeah. you were prepared, but okay, <laughs> at this point now. And then, and then Schalke for four years, which yeah. was by far the, the biggest club I played for. Yeah. But four years, Champions League every time. Yeah. Great names like Raul, Huntela, who I played with, Jermaine Jones. Yeah, Huntela was... Awesome. Is awesome. Yeah, he's not back in Ajax. I, I was using, guy. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was using him as my key player when I first yeah. started playing FIFA. Oh, got you a lot of points. Yeah, <laughs> scored a lot of goals. For yeah, you. kicked Great. all my roommates' asses. <laughs> yeah, I held the title. <laughs> he was, a, yeah, no, he was amazing to play with. It's great experience. Also, Raul was, yeah, outstanding. outstanding. So, so, do you think all that time in your native country was really helpful to building consistency and? Yeah finding out who you yeah. were versus 100 yeah a lot of guys don't do that they, is, is it up to them was it up to you to say hey i want to go to play in germany no i i, I they were the first i would have been i scouts. would have been able to go to germany earlier but i i felt like no i need more time i need more time to develop myself and more time with my coaches with the players that i played with to simply be mature enough yeah 
And and when you're younger, when you were taking more time, were you developing more uh, skill and fitness, or were you also working on like the experience layer of getting reps and working on your sports psychology component? Well, I think when you're too young, you should not put too much pressure on any young young player. Like up to there's there's a new stats came, that came out from the FA that by the time you're 14 years old, I think it was 14, 12 or 14, you should have at least 10,000 hours of of ball work in your feet, ten thousand huh. hours. Yeah, that in that's order, a lot. In, the, in order to have a realistic chance to become professional, and and they probably define ball work as like practice, actually skill work, not time in game, right? Not time in game, not time in game. And ball work can also be playing with a tennis ball. And and one of my coaches told me that stat, and and I remembered back then when my dad was the president of that club that I joined when he was keeper there, he was then president of the club, that I was simply until 10 p.m., until 11 p.m., whenever they just finished off after a game from the first team, I was still playing against the wall all the time for hours and hours and hours. So I definitely had more than that. But that's what it takes, honestly. It's all of the work to get this this fine motoric skills, to know how the ball feels, and it, it definitely helps you. Yeah. Are, are, were there any things that you did? You mentioned a tennis ball, like outside of traditional practice that, that helped you develop and still do today? Do you do a lot of like visual work? And Come on, I'm 32 years old. That's pretty old already for a football. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're just going for long runs in Manhattan now. And yeah, it's just to have the basic stuff. Lacing back up uh, and playing at the highest level. Well, I, I simply love to play the game. Yeah, uh, I have my football ac- soccer academies over here where I get so much ball work throughout the whole summer because me coming. Yeah, why to do you call it the Fox Soccer Academy, man? Uh, because Fox Fuchs means fox. Yeah, well, but why soccer? Why not the Fox Football Academy? Because we started off in New York, so nobody yeah. and everybody knows soccer. And yeah, you're starting you're, off you're here in New York all of us at with this the point. Fox Football Academy, <laughs> everybody would assume that I'm showing them how to score a field goal. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, that's true. But. But I get so much ball work from that. Yeah. Or whenever I'm coming here, the international break, I'm trying to also set up clinics around that time. So I always have my additional ball work with those kids. And come on, my kids also keep me pretty busy playing football with them all the time. Here's the scoop. Keeps is designed for guys who want to stop hair loss. With their scientific and affordable approach, managed entirely on Keeps.com, Keeps is the easiest way to stop hair loss before it's too late. They offer the only two FDA-approved hair loss products clinically proven to keep the hair you have. No BS, just science. And yes, it's completely safe. These are the generic version of medications that have been around for a while, but now they're just cheaper and easier to get, leveraging new tech and mediums. Getting started with Keeps is so easy. The sign-up takes less than five minutes. Just answer a few questions and snap some photos. From there, a licensed doctor remotely reviews your information and recommends the right treatment for you. Their product, it's only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month free, which makes it for one hell of a deal to getting to keep your hair. Now, to receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com forward slash Rabel. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com forward slash Rabel. And that's a free month of treatment at keeps.com forward slash Rabel. Keeps. Hair today, hair tomorrow. And so as part of this business, you uh, focus on instruction. And I think in you in the U.S. in particular, that's that's very unique because club soccer has proliferated over time, and now they're in in some cases in conflict with the state teams and like 
you know, example, a high school player has to make a decision between playing for yeah. their club or their school. It's just become highly competitive. A lot of money is being poured in and, you know, European clubs are coming in and sponsoring yeah. teams and all that stuff. So focusing on instruction is, is needed. Well, we want to provide additional training to, to the team training or that they have already. Yeah. Because we feel like, oh, that's how I started off. It was from a not so positive experience with all the programs that have been running that are running here in the city mm. where my son was simply dancing with his lunchbox and we are paying money for the his own for for him to dance with his own lunchbox which was a kind of disappointing so we said okay let's do it ourselves i mean we have the knowledge we have the resources let's let's start it off and and we want to provide quality training it's based on a premier league syllabus so it's a 52-week program which guides you throughout the whole year where you have different topics from defending, uh, building up the game, tactics, obviously, um, technique. Yeah. So it, it's a whole program which even I train with at, at Leicester City. It's just what we do in the Premier League, which is just what we train with. Of course, then every, every single manager has a different idea, but it's based on what... The Premier League is doing. It's based on European football. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges, especially in lacrosse, as our game grows, is getting great coaches on the ground. Uh, I know that in Spain, there's a, an attention to detail to getting your top coaching talent working with the youth academies. Yeah. It's got to be difficult because naturally you would want your top coaching talent to work with the top players in the world. And in some cases, they do both. But in the U.S., traditionally, the better coach you are, the, the fewer people you get in front of. So how are you, how do you think about you know, your minimal available bandwidth to work with the Fox Soccer Academy? So how are you selecting coaches and how big of a challenge is it's, that it's from very a business tough. standpoint? It's very tough. We, we worked with a couple of coaches over here. I wouldn't say that the, there are no coaches out there that are of quality. Of course, there are, there are great coaches also in the U.S. It's very hard to find them. Yeah. Uh, so far, with where we worked with, we were not really satisfied. Hmm. Um, that wouldn't say we wouldn't work with them because we're also trying to educate our coaches yeah. when we find somebody that's reliable, that is is good in working with children because it it takes a lot of patience. It takes yeah. a lot of yeah, it's not so easy to work with children other than with adults. But you know, we, we th that's that's something where where I think is a struggle in the U.S. That you can achieve so much more when you educate your coaches much much better. Yeah. Or when you when you send them to Europe to seminars and and bring them back again. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential over here. But listen, as long as there's potential. It's all good. It's yeah. positive. Do you think the U.S. should invest in bringing more coaches from overseas? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I wouldn't tell them to, but that's my opinion. I would say so, yeah. How, how important do you think character development for coaches at the youth level is versus being able to coach technical development? I think both, both things are very important. Yeah. Because what I experience from... From when I'm watching a, a training, say, of... Um, we were holding a clinic upstate New York, and there were some other teams around us with same age, like between 
eight to 12 years old, there were kids run, uh, also training next to our camp. And you need, as I told you, a lot of ball work. Yeah. So picture an area of five soccer fields next to each other. So that's huge, yeah. as you can tell. Yeah. I mean, one football field is really huge. Yeah. But the, so this coach sent the kids two loops, to run two loops. Yeah. And we were like, that's exactly why US soccer is struggling, because the coaches don't know what they are doing. Yeah. What, they're, oh, what I, is that I, all about? I'm yeah. not saying everybody, okay? Because right. the academies that are set up, they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, Red Bull Academy. It's great. I mean, you have to be blessed to get in there because it's the, I think it's the best in the in the country. But but then when it comes to grassroots, I think there's a big lack. And yeah. We want to help help those people a little bit if possible. On the character and leadership front, um, you've captained Austria and, and did so in 2010 while you were still playing uh, in your home country. Um, was that from a, from a leadership standpoint, especially in football where there's typically a singular captain, it's different than uh, in team sports in the States. Yeah. Would, would, did that create, or maybe because it definitely did, how much more responsibility did you bear as, as a player in a locker room making sure that like there was a bridge between coach and team and you had to take on responsibilities. Well, it was, it, for me, it was a great, a great honor to represent your own country, also in uh, a European championship, yep. 2016 in France, amazing. I, for me, overall, the captain of the role is overrated in, in football hmm. because it's hard to affect your players on the field. You, I, I always wanted to lead by example rather than big words because everybody can talk. Yeah. But then how do you follow up on the field? And you can talk as much as you want, but when you then don't show the balls that you show in the, with your words, then it's for nothing. So I was more the type of guy that was pretty quiet, that spoke whenever it was necessary, but I wanted to show on the field, okay, I give 100%. I want my teammates to see that I'm ripping my ass apart to yeah. win that game and to follow me like that. And I think we were pretty successful. We were at some point number 12 in the in the world. Yep. Obviously, we qualified for the Euros uh, yep. 16 in France. And it, I was proud of, of the time being captain. It was for six years, yep. five, six years. Yeah, great memories. And that was that was a major accomplishment because the only other time you had qualified was as a host country. 2008, yeah. Yeah, and, and so kind of taking both what we're used to in the States and then the tournament of, of international competition. We have the World Cup this summer, and then you look at the Champions League just finished up. What are your thoughts on it's, – it's a big debate in the U.S. always has been. What are your thoughts on uh, penalty kicks and, and solving a match – based on that because it doesn't happen in the Premier League, right? We were just talking point structure and 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 that that way of, of solving it for a champion. There's no penalty shootouts in the in the regular league, no. Right. So so why do they do it? Is it for like a do you well, guys hate do, it when a game comes down to a PK? And yeah, you, nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. Because it's not necessarily that the better team is winning. Is it? Is it the, the decision makers at FIFA are just like, we don't even want to go there? Th or do you think it, it's on the table and at some point uh, well, will be changed? I, I think it, it's, for example, my, my children love it. They want every game in the Champions League to go to the Yeah, I think there should be penalty shots penalty shoot, in lacrosse. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's exciting for the spectator, for the neutral spectator. I yeah. think it's a, it, it's a part of the sport that it's a very old rule already that has ever been there as long as I play at least and it's pretty long already. 
Yeah, 26 years. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take it away. You know, there, there are. I think there, there are more important debates like VR, video yeah. system refereeing. Where is where's the border? Where where does it go too far? Yeah. But other than that, you know, if we control everything, if if we control too much, then we have nothing to talk about at the bar after the game or in the in the studio. Yeah. If there's a penalty, that should not be a penalty. And the VR system declares that it has not been a penalty. There's nothing to talk about after yeah. anymore because okay, the video clarified it, and so done. So you have something. It's like the salt in the soup when you have wrong decisions from referees. It's part of it's part of the, it's part it's of the part game. Of the game. I on. mean, in baseball, for example, it would be the, the easiest way to introduce video technology. There's really no reason to have an umpire. <laughs> I mean, you have a strike zone, and you could have a system that just spits very, out very the easy, answer yeah, after exactly, every pitch. Exactly. But the, the human element of refereeing in sports is really important. If you go down that rabbit hole, it's like where do you where do you stop? It's it's hard to define. Yeah, very hard to define. Um, let's I talk. Think, I think the less they do it, the less they control it, the better it's gonna be. Yeah, I mean they control it pretty. They they nail it down to a couple of points in the Premier League. They don't want to control everything because this it's simply the game. But if it's a it's a goal decision, or if it's a foul decision, which might be questionable, you know, yeah. then then they introduce it. And it has to be a decision. You know, there are, there are a couple of people sitting on the monitors and they can give right away the sign, okay, let's review it. Then, okay, there's a break. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because, for example, Leicester was the first English English team that scored a goal that was, decide, that was decided by VR. Yeah. So I was happy with that, yeah. for example. Yeah. So, so kind of jumping back to the Fox Soccer Academy and just more like broadly at your entrepreneurial spirit, uh, which I think is is pretty rare given the demands on top footballers in the world. Is uh, do, do you get pushback from your organization around time spent, whether it be there or your fashion business? No fooks given. And, you know, fashion. Hey, you pronounced the right way. Yeah, not oh, yeah, everybody man. does that. Yeah, they no, don't. No fooks. You got a YouTube channel yeah, too. Okay, yeah, no got, got it all. Got We're it talking all. about getting me on there, so we got to figure that oh, out. We should definitely do that. Do yeah, some yeah, trick yeah. shots. Yeah, we can do it. Have you ever even held a lacrosse stick? No, no. Well, maybe. Yeah, I would get you a long, a long time play, ago. Play defense, and you just make people hurt. Oh, I love that. Yeah, talk shit, get banged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Watch tape. So, 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 <laughs> so, so. Do you get pushback on all these endeavors that you're involved in? Not or? at all. Not at all. I mean, Great. I mean, I'm have I'm lucky to be in a business where you train a certain amount of time during the day, but then you also have a good amount of time left to do other things you know yeah. i don't want to i'm I was never the type of guy that just went home laid on the couch played fifa yeah i i mean i'm an aries i cannot still down sit yeah. down that's simply my nature and i was always up for something and with the with the help of my wife because she's a pure business lady yeah we're doing all the projects together and um, she kicks my ass if i'm a little bit Slaggy, yeah. So it, it, it's 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 very good, and I'm very happy because I I learned so many more things just by doing those projects. I mean, now I'm very fit with Photoshop, yeah. Final Cut, uh, I know how to program websites. Yeah. So it's I I'm teaching uh, I'm teaching myself a lot. It's always learning by doing. Also, I mean I'm in clothing industry. I I never thought it's gonna be that 
fascinating uh, as much as it is stressful because there's so many steps until you get a t-shirt yeah uh, on the hanger and then distributing it yeah it's it's crazy it's there's so many different steps to think about before you get the t-shirt yeah uh, it's what, great. what what is your vision or what are, what are your goals for uh your your clothing business is this is it meaning is this is this something that you want to pursue as a lifestyle business which can be very fruitful from a profit standpoint or you, you have ambition to like build a massive uh clothing and apparel company um why not yeah why not i mean we're doing this for two years now okay yeah. and for me it it's still a hobby um, i'm having fun with it and as long as i'm having fun with it i'm trying to do my best and and see where we can go but but the second I'm, I'm not enjoying it anymore, even though it's very stressful. But yeah. if if I would not enjoy it, I would not pursue what I'm what I'm doing right now. I would not start an esports team. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that's another venture with no fuchs given that we are st just starting an esports team with yeah. with e gamers and no, I I definitely wanna wanna grow no fuchs given the the lifestyle branch as much as possible. It takes years. It takes patience. Like with kids, you have to you have to simply be on top of it all the time and yeah, and not let down in any kind of way. Um, let's see where it goes. It takes real skill acquisition too. You mentioned being proficient in Photoshop and oh yeah, and Final Cut. So it's, it's that, very interesting. And that goes to your point of, of of the YouTube channel is like you're actually creating and developing this work, which which is a rarity for athletes. Are you also hiring? For the people out there, like uh, how are you? How are you taking on more workload? And sounds well, like your wife's a superstar. Well, I, <laughs> well, I have people working for me. Yeah. Um, like all the sophisticated designs, I'm I'm not as good as that, but I know how to cut videos. I know how to do certain banners, flyers, whatsoever. Yep. I know how to piece things together. Yeah. That's I think that's already pretty impressive, at least from my point of view. Definitely. Um, but I, obviously, I have people for No Fox Given, for Fox Soccer Academy, coaches working for me. Yeah. Uh, because I cannot split myself off. Otherwise, I would need, say, 20 Christian folks, which is simply not possible. Yeah. Unless you have a way to do that. No, no, I'm hiring people you, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You didn't find out a way yet? To, to get into an application to, for to your business. No, to split yourself. Oh, <laughs> I was asking more so, how can we get resumes over to go work for your enterprise? Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, do you need a job? Um, possibly, depending on how well this interview is received. Well, cadence might we can We stop. can follow up with an interview afterwards. Shop. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, man, appreciate you hopping on. Know you're busy, and uh, it was fascinating to, to get the rundown on your champion season with Lester and then yeah. all the buildup leading That's up cool. to it. Let's Best go. wishes moving forward with all the businesses. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You will hear from me. Believe me. If you enjoyed Christian and my conversation, please be sure to let us know. You can follow and mention us on social media. My Twitter handle is at Paul Rabel. His is at Fuchs Official. That's F-U-C-H-S Official. Be the first to listen to next week's episode as well as catch up on previous episodes, including my one-on-one -on -one conversation with MLS star Cam Porter. It was great to see Cam this past week at a Next Gen Summit. He's made some significant progress in his career since announcing his retirement on our show a few months back. His episode and many more are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, please hit subscribe when you find us. Shortcut to our show notes, visit suitinguppodcast.com. 
And thank you to today's sponsors, Omaha Steaks, Away Travel, Uncharted Supply Co., and Keeps. And of course, to all of you out there, have a great week.